the second major event of the NBA offseason is past us now. No major trades, no Jimmy Butler movement, no uh, Kawhi Leonard movement, no word from anything else. But what we did have is we had Mike Conley moving locations from Utah or from Memphis over to Utah. We had Indiana snagging TJ Warren from the Phoenix Suns. Al Horford declining his player option and a couple new players finding new homes. Um, but the biggest question remains is what exactly are the Phoenix Suns doing right now with the varied number of moves that they did. But anyways, before we jump into all that, Sean, I thought this was an appropriate trivia question given our profession of digital marketers um, during the day. But um, here it is for you. Which NBA draftee had more U.S. internet searches than Zion Williamson on draft day? Oh, that was good. I like the tie into digital marketing, too. That was, that was very good. Yeah. Um, I am going to have to say Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball? No. I'll give you no. another chance. I'll give you... So well, you act like that's not a good guess, even. It's a good Who guess, Who had more yeah. hype than Lonzo Ball? <laughs> True. Okay, okay. Let me reword the question, because this isn't a historical question. It's sort of like, which oh, NBA like draftee draft. of the... At this draft, yeah, oh, I could see where okay. I could see why you said sorry, Lonzo Ball. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Maybe if we look back at the numbers, I bet, probably. I bet, yeah, but oh wow, okay, that's a more interesting question. Yeah, so oh, only a wow. 2019 NBA draftee. Who who else was he? Hmm, R.J. Barrett. That's a solid guess. It's actually uh, Bulbul. Bulbul. Yes, he got more. I mean, I know it's a big deal, but really, he got twice as many. U.S. internet searches than Zion Williamson did on draft day. I think it's just because everybody was just so intrigued by who this guy is. And I was talking about it the whole, like, time the draft was going. They're like, when's Bulbul going to go? And he's there, like, the entire time. Exactly. You know what else I could see is there was a couple – there was always – maybe it was, like, at a bar – or maybe like at home, like there's that one guy who knows who Bobo is and he, he wants to show everybody <laughs> yes. else who he is. He's oh like, check out this guy, <laughs> check out this guy and just boom, internet search, Google images and, you know, just to kind of wow some people. Dude, that is ex- actually exactly what happened. I was watching the draft uh, with some of my friends and uh, my friend Aaron was actually like super high on Bobo <laughs> and he, he actually brought up Bobo highlights on YouTube to show us like how awesome he is. Exactly. During like the f- draft. Yeah. So that's a perfect example. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm, as we know, Bobo's kind of like an anomaly in terms of like his physicality. It's long dude, super tall. And I mean, he's also, yeah. he shoot the three and he had some hype. He had some hype before his injury. And unfortunately he did drop down. And I mean, we'll recap all that, but first let's got to get started here with, uh, the Grizzlies trading Mike Conley to Utah for oh, Jay Crowder, Kyle Corver, Grayson Allen, the 23rd pick. Um, and another future first. And the talk around the league, it seems, and across Twitter is that this makes Utah a contender here in the West coming out of the Western Conference. And I'm not, I don't know. I like this move, but I just don't have full confidence in Mike Conley's health. I mean, he did put string together a couple good weeks last year, getting himself Western Conference Player of the Week and knocking me out of fantasy basketball. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, because he might continue to, uh, make you sad, Alan, but. I don't know. I think this is a really good move for the Jazz, honestly. I think Mike Conley has made just a phenomenal recovery from that 2018 season-ending injury. He came right. into this season looking like he was never injured at all. He had a few yeah. hiccups here and there, but he had all around a very solid season. Uh, averaged 21.1 points per game, which is the most he's ever averaged in his career, actually. So yeah. I thought that was pretty impressive. Granted, his team's probably been as bad as it's ever been in his tenure at the Grizzlies. So he had to do a little more, but man, Mike Conley is such a huge upgrade from Ricky Rubio, in my opinion. And I mean, Kyle Korver was old already. Grayson Allen really only played like one game and Jay Crowder was good, but he's not a Mike Conley. So I think the Grizzlies honestly lost a lot here with having to get rid of Mike Conley. It's probably the best that they could have gotten for him at this point. But I think this makes the Jazz at least, I would say, a second-round playoff team versus a first-round playoff team that they were last year. Yeah, I agree with you. And it makes them better, for sure. It's an upgrade from Ricky Rubio. As long as Mike Conley can stay healthy, and if we get a twenty a tw- near 20 points Mike Conley and he can get, I don't know, up to eight assists again, uh, maybe this Utah team could potentially be a contender. 
But I just have such doubts about his health. But hey, at the same time, you're looking at what um, Utah sent over Jay Crowder, Kyle Culver, Grayson Allen. They really didn't send much over. Not I see much. Kyle. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Culver is probably going to get bought out. Grayson Allen, I mean, we'll see. Jay Crowder, he's kind of like on the upper side, too, of age. So he could be a good buyout candidate as well later on in the season. Maybe somebody could use him. Um, yeah, so I don't know. A, this, this Jazz lineup's looking kind of good, though, I think. Like Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Derek Favors, and Rudy Gobert. The, the weakness here to me is Favors still. Yeah, uh, Favors has always kind of been the weakness in this starting lineup. He's not very versatile at all. You already have a big man in Gobert, so I mean, hopefully they're not done this off season. Like they they need to make a few moves in free agency or maybe through another trade uh, to try to improve their team again. Because honestly, they they probably looked at last year as like a huge failure. Honestly, having yeah. made the second round two years ago, you come into this year with another year worth of Donovan Mitchell. The whole team's still together, and you. You underperformed. You did worse than the year before, and so now they're finally realizing like we can't just keep this team the way it is. We we have to look to improve it now, right? And you have to swing at the fences here, considering you have a great player like Donovan Mitchell, but you have him on on still on a rookie deal. So as yeah. long as he's still on that deal, you can still put some really good pieces around him and look at seriously contending in the Western Conference. But right now, this team doesn't have anybody coming off the bench for them. I mean, Dante Exum is still injured, so they probably won't see him until late in the season. So they still have to go out there and get some pieces because letting Jay Crowder, that first man off the bench, and Kyle Korver, who was also a good piece, those two guys are gone now. So I don't even know who they got. Who do they have coming Um, off the bench at this point? I I think they had a lot of one-year deal guys, like Thabo Sevalosha. I remember right. was on the team. Ralph Nato. Oh, Ralph Nato. Ra- yeah. Yeah, Ra- Raul Nato. I, I yeah, can't Raul remember. But, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's just a bunch of nobodies, really. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's any year for them to really make be the surprise in the playoffs, I guess it's this year with the Warriors out and Rockets in shambles and uh, the Lakers with only three guys on their team so far. Yeah, they'll, so They'll have the most consistent team outside of the Nuggets and the Blazers, I would say. So yeah. they're keep they're keeping mo- like their core guys together. Now it's just a matter of who you're going to be able to get in free agency now to shore up the rest of your depth. Yeah, so there's guys out there they could get. So it'll be interesting to see who they go after. And does this increase their chances at a finals contention? Uh, it's impossible to say no, but it's a matter of like really how much. Um, I think, yeah, I think like a, a like the safe pick would be a second rounder. Uh, depending yeah. where they fall in the seedings, if they end up where they were this year, then I, they just go five games, six games, as opposed to getting swept. <laughs> if they could somehow snag like Bogdanovich, um, who was on oh. the Pacers, that would be huge for them. They need the shooting. They need the guy that can guard multiple positions. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a really good. I feel like he'd fit in really well with this team too. Oh yeah, they need a scorer coming off the bench, or just like that second score scoring mm-hmm. option next to Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Mike Conley right. can put points up the board, but that's not his natural trade. Bogdanovic, that that's how he made his name in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's my pick for them. But looking at the other side of this trade, Alan. Uh, so we're, now we see with the Grizzlies, grit and grind. Your, your yeah. most beloved era of basketball <laughs> has completely ended. With Mike Conley being gone. Chandler Parsons now being the most tenured Grizzly on the team. (laughs) It's so sad to say. It breaks Uh, my heart because I remember when that signing happened. I I, even then I knew this is over. This is (laughs) over. over. The great grind is over. It begins with Chandler Parsons and it ends with Chandler Parsons. (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, the grid and grind era was a... this is one of my favorite teams of all of like all the NBA I've watched in my life. Like Green Grind mm-hmm. is up there as one of my favorite teams. Like that string yeah. of of years with Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, Gasol, and Conley. Yeah, um, it was it, a good it team. Was, yeah, it was a great. It was a good team, and I mean, it, I think they kind of f- forced it together for a little longer than they should have. Uh, so, but right. now I'm glad to see that at least Conley. Has a, maybe a couple more years left in the tank to compete in the playoffs, and obviously we saw Marcus Gasol just become an NBA champion. So I kind of like what, it's what came turn, out of this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see, man. They have to get through my absolute favorite team, the Lakers. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. So, so what do you think of now Memphis moving on to the Ja Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. era, the the J era? 
Yeah, I think it's a good spot. I mean, Jared Jackson Jr. looks like a great player in the making. John Moran, I think, to me, this this guy's my favorite prospect. I mean, Zion, I think, wow. is going to be a solid pick. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jaw becomes a, a big franchise player here and he's in that conversation for a uh, top 10 player in the league in a couple wow. years from now. Top 10 yeah. in a couple years? I, I, I'm huge on this kid, man. I don't know That's what it crazy. is. His game is like, is that- it's such, it's like wow. so Derek Rose like, I feel. I like Ooh, it. Wow. So does I'm that make Memphis kid. a playoff team in a couple of years? Oh yeah, definitely. Wow. I That's can impressive. see it. Yeah. Once okay. this whole, once the Warrior era is over, the LeBron era is over, like, I think Memphis will be, I'm not saying they're going to be a contender, but I mean, if they keep these two guys and they continue to do things the right way, obviously health is on their side. They're going to be a playoff contender for sure. Fun to watch. Do you like John Morant more than Luka Doncic? I think he's more entertaining to watch because he's, <laughs> I, well, I think he's going to be actually. I mean, in college, yeah. he was like in really entertaining to watch relative to all the other college players. Once he's in the NBA, I think so. Yeah. I, yeah. I like, I mean, but it's just, I like that aggressive, uh, scoring point guard. Yeah. That's so bold to say coming from a, a guy that was on a team that was a pretty small school in right. college didn't didn't really see much competition until the tournament which they did win one game in the tournament but only yeah. one he's a he's a this guy's a late bloomer though if you really if you look at his progress from high school to to murray state like he's he's a late bloomer so i think he's got a lot left in the lot like there's a lot in there that we have yet to really see i think he's got a lot of potential mm. which is I mean, you can make the argument for everybody. That's the thing about potential. It's oh, like, yeah, for sure. It's super intangible and you can just create this untangible value around it. But <laughs> I mean, and that's what I'm creating here with this kid. And I think he, I think, I think it'll be a big deal. Yeah. So, you know, what's funny. I, this team, this team is going to be the J squad. This is the new, this is the new era. We're going from G's to J's. We're going to jaw. Jaron Jackson Jr., Jay Crowder, and Jonas Valanciunas. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I see what you're getting at. I see what you're getting at. Maybe they bring, they add JJ Barea to J. the J. squad. JJ Reddick. <laughs> yeah, just bring them all onto this team, man. Oh, man. That, that would be so fun. I'd love that. Yeah. How about, uh, Indiana taking TJ Warren from the Phoenix Suns oh. along with a second round pick? Wow. This was a, for head cash. scratcher for yeah. cash i did yeah yeah man okay the, like i remember <laughs> texting you and i was like what just happened they literally <laughs> gave their best contract to indiana for free and they even gave them a second round pick along with it tj warren's on a three-year 35 million dollar contract this is a guy that averaged 18 points last year on 48 percent shooting 42 percent three-point shooting yeah and you just throw him away you throw this man away just give him to the pacers for nothing just for cap space what's cap space to phoenix yeah and that's the thing that get that then it gets a lot more interesting after that in that well phoenix has 21 million in cap space after this trade but later on they make some interesting moves they trade (laughs) milwaukee's first round pick to boston for their 24th pick and aaron baines so now they add aaron baines five point i think 5.8 million dollar contract and the number 24 pick who they ended up going with ty jerome don't know much about Ty uh, Jerome. Anything about Ty Jerome? <laughs> but either way, the point is they add his 2.2 million rookie deal. Um, and so alongside that, now that cap space that it looked like you were trying to relieve by letting go of probably your second best player on the team and TJ <laughs> Warren and a pretty high value contract, you end up getting back basically a 13.2 million dollars of cap space for a Suns team that's like, not anywhere near playoff contention unless Cam Johnson is the next Donovan Mitchell here. This is unforgivable, <laughs> honestly. It's almost it's like it's almost like the Suns are trying to be awful every year at this point. It just doesn't yeah. make any sense. Three years, $35 million deal for a guy like TJ Warren is unheard of in this league. 
We're yeah. talking about guys like Yusuf Nurkic on deals. That, what's he getting paid? Like fourteen million a year, twelve right. million a year, and that's comparable mm-hmm. to this contract. And we're like, that's one of the most valuable contracts in the league right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I really don't understand what the thinking here is. I mean, like you, you trade that twenty twenty first round pick that you didn't have to, you know, take into your cap space, obviously, because it hasn't turned into anybody. I mean, then you exchange that for additional salary and then another salary within that number 24 pick. So you add two salaries to your books in a year where it looks like there's a solid list of free agents and you have that 21 million, like enough to try to go out there and maybe get, uh, D'Angelo Russell or, um, just like a second tier starter potentially, um, with that amount of money. And instead you kind of like 13 million. I don't know what you, I guess you, I don't know what you turn that into. And are they like really thinking that they can just roll with Tyler Johnson at their point guard? Right. And that's the next thing is this team has a roster hole in it. (laughs) They've needed a point guard this whole time. They could have drafted Kobe White. mm -hmm. They could have drafted. They could have gone up and drafted Darius Garland from the Cavs. Instead, they draft down and get this guy Cameron Johnson. I don't I don't understand it at all. Unless they're okay keeping Tyler Johnson and Devin Booker's, I mean, unless I just don't understand like what high level starter point guard you're gonna get for 13 million right now. You're not gonna get any. Yeah, not, nobody. You can get Rondo. <laughs> you can get Rondo, but we're talking about high level point guards. <laughs> yeah, like a starter level point guard. Like there isn't really somebody available for that much. Um, this team is gonna lose more games than a loss last year somehow. Yeah, it's. Like, I saw this pretty funny tweet, and I get, I think it's kind of mean, but it kind of seems somebody tweeted, like, something along the lines, like, after this Milwaukee first-round pick was traded, it was like, it looks like the Phoenix Suns have finally allowed the gorilla to take over the front office. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. You know the gorilla I mascot feel like, they I have? I feel like me and you could do a better job than what, yeah. whatever the Phoenix Suns are doing right now. Yeah, I don't understand. Like Ty Jerome, I mean, they must they must be high on him. Aaron Baines, I don't yes. see what so like what could be the plan ultimately. I think maybe is just buying out Aaron Baines, so that gives you five million back. So now you're looking at eighteen, which oh, is a good. little bit better. Yeah, eighteen, whoop de doo. But, <laughs> but you're you're gonna end up lowballing people unless you're just looking to turn that eighteen million into a bunch of role players at this point. But like I just eighteen. Don't. Yeah. Who you can you can get like who can you get for eighteen million? Like you're probably just gonna resign Kelly Oubre Jr. Right? Yeah, basically. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like a point guard at eighteen million, it doesn't seem like that's what the market's going for. At least not a like not the, a good one. Yeah. Maybe um, you could get Patrick Beverly for eighteen million at this rate. Right. So I mean, that's the thing. Unless you're looking to split that money between guy, a guy like Patrick Beverly and other role players, like, I don't know. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, Julius Randle's probably going to be looking for $18 million. Right, yeah. And on the flip side, man, Indiana just got such a good deal with this, right. man. Like, they, they're looking at probably losing Bogdanovich in free agency mm-hmm. and because he's going to be worth too much money. And you just got a guy for three at more years at $12 million a year. That can oh, do yeah. pretty much the same things. Yeah, TJ Warren is like the definition of the of the small forward or three that you, that any can, any playoff contending team wants right now. Uh, good, good, def- good defensively can score the ball and can rebound here. Forty two percent from three. I mean, any any team out there who's contending for a playoff spot wants this guy. Mm-hmm. And right. I mean, you and look at this. You get thirty one million in cap room. So I mean, this is without Bogdan Bogdanovic, but. Maybe that you use this money to put yourself in the D'Angelo Russell um, sweepstakes yeah, here. That'd be pretty nice. Put pair him up with Odalipo, TJ Warren, the rest of the gang there. Yeah, it's that'll a be good a good looking team, man. Yeah, that'll be a great team. I mean, that's a good solid team heading into this year, and even better once you get Odalipo back. Man, I feel like D'Angelo Russell is the most like questionable player. Like nobody know has any idea where D'Angelo Russell is gonna go. Yeah, it's like I've seen people be like, "Oh, he'd be great on the Lakers. He'd be great on Indiana." That's what we're talking about. Oh, he'll stay because Nets aren't going to get Kyrie. Maybe the Knicks will get him. Like I have no idea, like where D'Angelo Russell's going to end up. Yeah, he's he's got to be somewhat anxious because heading into this off season, it looks like 
I mean, given his resume, it kind of looks, oh, like this last year resume looks like he should be headed for a max contract. 22 year old. Yeah. Just made an all star team over 20 points a game. But at the same time, it also looks like he could also sign with somebody for like 20 million or 20 or 22, 23 right. million dollars. Like, yeah. he, like if he goes with the lake to the Lakers, like I, the Lakers aren't giving him max. I think they're giving no. him something in the lower 20 to 20 million dollar range or you could right. go to indiana and walk away with like 30 million dollars yeah that's crazy man yeah th- this man next week is gonna be so awesome i'm so excited for next week yeah so we'll see where it goes but al harford man this has got to be something this another head scratcher for me declining his 30 million dollar player option to test free agency <laughs> this guy's 33 years old right yeah he's 33 I, he must be thinking that, hey, I've been playing at a high level still. I can still get one of these max deals or at least something close to it, something like what Paul Millsap got from the Denver Nuggets, right. um, him getting that three-year $100 million deal. I'm imagining Al Horford's looking for something similar. Yeah, I think he could. I think if there's one team who could give it to him is maybe the Atlanta Hawks. They got a young core out there still oh, on rookie back deals. back to ATL, huh? Yeah, <laughs> and I think he could fit there because he uh, – could. Kind of like the same situation the Denver Nuggets had in that they had a good young core and it looks like they just needed a little bit more to get over the playoff hump. And so they brought in Paul Millsap and ultimately, of course, that helped them. Um, And I think Al Horford might be that guy if you time the years right before you have to extend any any guy like John Collins or um, Trey Trey Young. Young. Mm -hmm. So you might – I think it makes sense to me a little bit if if Atlanta's willing to uh, go into the – or pay this man – in order to fight for a playoff spot, which I think they probably could get in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, it's the East, man. And if you get a full year of John Collins and Trey Young, anything could happen. But it's looking like at this point in time, the Clippers and the Mavericks are actually at the top of the list of people that are most likely to land Al Horford, um, which would be interesting. I think the Clippers, with their two max spots, if they went for Leonard and Horford, would be a pretty interesting team. The Mavericks, on the other hand, having kind of a triple towers of Horford, Porzingis, and Doncic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both of those teams are just trying to make as strong as a starting lineup as they can. And Al Horford is like one of those guys that you can just really rely on in regular season and playoffs um, who has not really declined at the normal rate that you'd see from people his age still. So he's, yeah. and he's a guy that can shoot the three that can also play the center. And that, that is so valuable in today's NBA. Yeah. He's a, he's a good piece to have. Um, I mean, I would definitely just be a little bit careful on the years there that you end up giving him, but interesting. But anyways, I, the thought that I just had right now about this is like, I think this is a perfect example of, of course, that, of course, like NBA players and agents already have like a good idea of where they're, what they're going to do. Like, I don't think he declines mm-hmm. this without, you know, asking some, without his agent going around asking some people or like just kind of butting in in conversations to see, you know, what other teams think about all Hartford. Like, there's no right. way he does this if he gets whispers back that nobody's really interested in him. Oh, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't be interested in him at this point in his career? I mean, he's shown that he has longevity. He has great games still. And this also speaks to, man, are the Boston Celtics culture, like, this poor right now? <laughs> like, I love this, it. This is crazy, man. Baines, I love it. Baines wants out. They ship him off. Al Horford's looking like he's leaving. Kyrie definitely leaving. Like, what is happening with these Celtics right now? I don't know. It just seems like, you know, there's one thing on paper to just collect all these valuable assets, but then it's another thing to see it actually, uh, you know, in real life. Like, yeah, people, these guys are talented. These guys are competitive and eight, everybody wants to carve their own, their own legacy, their own narrative. And, you know, you just can't have, I guess, that many stars or that many star-driven type personalities in the same place. I mean, who knows? Also, maybe the the culture there, starting from Danny Ainge, is just not what we all think it is. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it seems like Danny Ainge has made like pretty much only good moves since like five years ago. Yeah, um, and it's, getting all those assets and everything, but maybe it's not as good as we think it is. Yeah, it just he kind of, the way I picture it in my head is kind of like he just spent so much time building this really awesome sandcastle, but all of a sudden <laughs> this bust, this gust of mist and wind just comes out of nowhere. 
and just like completely ruins the the sand castle. Yeah, um, or it looks really awesome, but he used some really b- pieces that looked good but weren't actually structurally sound, and it all <laughs> right. just comes crumbling down. Right, or like, yeah, exactly. He built this sandcastle, and there's a reason you don't live in the sandcastle. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really nice looking sandcastle, though. Yeah, it's nice looking, but you don't live in a sandcastle. Yeah, (laughs) get out of the sandcastle, Danny Ainge. Get yourself, get yourself a real house made of Anthony Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Prime young wood. uh, Anthony Davis is that mahogany man. Yeah, that exactly. Nice mahogany. Yeah. All right. So now let's go. Let's go to the NBA draft here. So I mean, we were talking about this, Sean. You know, like it seems it's so much work, and uh, the NBA draft this year also just seemed a little underwhelming yeah. outside of like the top three picks. So we didn't do a breakdown for every single team because sometimes it's just like. What is really going to happen with like the number <laughs> 16 pick? Who knows? Like we won't know and for like another year or two except yeah. for maybe for except for like Zion Williamson and John Morant. We'll know pretty pretty quickly uh whether they were worth the hype. But anyways, this for this episode we decided to instead do a different breakdown of the winners and the losers of the NBA draft or draft night. So let's start with the obvious winners here is the Pelicans drafting Zion Williamson, the hype man. Only second in search trends to big old Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> this was obvious, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. There was, I think, a Vegas odds on like you could bet on if Zion was the number one pick or not, and it was like if you put in like ten thousand dollars, you'd win a dollar. <laughs> Boy, why even put that in the books? I know. <laughs> you can bet on whatever you want, I guess. If you want a, you want a free dollar. There you go. honestly (laughs) wow yeah but i mean all jokes aside like it's kind of crazy but the pelicans are you know almost like in a better spot i think than they had they kept a a gruntled a disgruntled um anthony davis on their team like now they get zion williamson they get they get lonzo brandon ingram they have that number four pick that turned into number eight 17 and 35 alongside another first rounder in 2020 they somehow magically get to dump Solomon they Hill's contract. It. They actually did it. <laughs> like, this is a perfect night for this franchise. Like, now you have one of the most exciting young teams in the NBA, and you have more another first-rounder to stack on top of that. You still have a, a, a near-all-star level player in Drew Holiday, and you get rid of you get rid of a Solomon Hill's contract that's just been weighing this franchise down for the last couple of years. So, man, need this I say good, more? Man. No, yeah. they... they like David Griffin should win GM of the year like right now honestly yeah. cuz like he came in to a franchise that was looking like it was going to come crumbling to the ground yeah. and now it looks br- at, like one of the brightest franchises like in the NBA honestly look mm-hmm. at all the picks they got um there's nothing but excitement for this team i mean they showed a, a picture of uh downtown new orleans during the draft um during zion's uh post-draft interview and everyone was so excited like this is this is the best thing that's ever happened to them honestly it seems like they don't even remember anthony davis like they've already <laughs> moved on it's crazy yeah. and all he says just dance like that that let's dance that's all they're like <laughs> what, do you, what do you got to say to the city of new orleans and they just exploded they're so <laughs> pumped for zion Season tickets already have been sold out for them, I think. And this is a team where, like, a lot of season ticket holders were looking at canceling their subscription uh, yeah. to the Pelicans. And now it's like, this is going to be really exciting for them. They're probably going to have some of the most expensive, honestly, uh, home openers uh, to start this year, I can imagine. Like, I'm sure, obviously, the Lakers will be more. The Warriors will be more just because of the Warriors. Maybe a few big market teams. But honestly, the Pelicans... They're gonna be up there, man. To see see Zion's first NBA home game, like yeah. that's gonna be absurd. And oh, then yeah. you also, yeah, you turn around, you turn this number four pick into getting rid of Solomon Hill. So now you can actually fill this roster with good players, like good, solid quality players. You have cap space to do that with now. You get a guy, a number eight, honestly, Jackson Hayes, who. These guys in the late lottery, like number four to number 15, like no one has any idea like which one of these is going to pan out. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just not like last year where every pick seemed like it was a good pick. 
Um, so they get their guy at number eight, who they're probably honestly targeting anyway. Um, so now they they have one of the most athletic young front courts in the NBA between Ingram, Zion, and this this guy Jackson Hayes um, at yeah. center. Um, this looks awesome for them, man. I, I'm pumped to see some Pelicans. Oh yeah, I am too. And it's right now it just looks extremely exciting, and it's exciting until it's not. But I'm yeah, not gonna go out there like, and say it's, that it's, it's not. It's- <laughs> It's hype, but like it's it's exciting. It's it's good to see that they're like alive and well, you know. Right, and yeah, and when you said is it the best day of the franchise, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, maybe when they won the draft to get Anthony Davis was maybe the best day of the franchise. <laughs> maybe, but that's not. I wouldn't say that because this is the best day because of everything they get to keep and add <laughs> additionally on top of the number one pick and Zion, like one of the most hyped draft picks since. I don't really know. I get LeBron. Should we say is it LeBron? Honestly, LeBron. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I guess this he even outdid like the Andrew. Like Andrew Wiggins somehow had himself a hype train going into the draft. Yeah, everyone's looking for the next LeBron. You know. Yeah, and I think the hype comes from right. And I think Zion's is right there. So it's exciting. They have cap space. Maybe they bring back Julius Randle or they go hunting I, for somebody yeah, I else. I, I don't think Julius Randle wants to play with the Lakers anymore. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So we'll see. I mean, Brandon Ingram, I think that was, that was one of my, that was my, one of my favorite yeah, young guys that the Lakers had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to miss seeing him. I don't know about Lonzo, man. I'm like, I was hyped on him, but I just always I like questioned. Lonzo on this team, man. Dishing to Zion. Okay. Those are some mean alley oops. Right. I think I think he he probably will find a better fit in New Orleans, a little bit away from the new from the LA um storylines and narratives, yeah. like the spotlight. Like there's a lot of hype on him in LA and I think he might do a little bit better here. Also just being around younger dudes and not somebody of LeBron's uh, stature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. The Pelicans they're easily number one winner in my book. Yeah, I think so. It's all about the Atlanta Hawks also here as a winner, trading up to number four. And again, just alluding to earlier, like they continue to build that young core on cheap rookie contracts. They're betting that these guys all develop together and maybe they use this summer to go get a guy like Al Horford or to add another layer of veteran uh, star power to their team and maybe make a run for the playoffs this year and accelerate that rebuilding process that they have. And they still up to... have Vince Carter. <laughs> oh, they still have Vince Carter. One That's more right. year of Vince Carter to teach him the ropes. That's right. That guy, man, just really <laughs> breaking the rules of like what veteran players usually do. You know, they move to onto I a know. contender, take a cheaper deal. This guy doesn't care. He's out here winning twenty games with the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> <laughs> and loving it too. He loved it yeah. enough to come back. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So they get their number four guy, DeAndre Hunter. This is who I thought was going to go at number four, but even DeAndre Hunter, I mean, seems like a good, he seems like a solid pick. Um, then you get uh, yeah, Cam Radish at number yeah. 10. Yeah, Cam Radish, I mean, he's one of the higher upside dudes. I mean, I mean, before they started playing at Duke, I think some draft boards had Zion, RJ Barrett, and Cam Reddish one, two, three. Right. So, I mean, the guy, the guy can score. Uh, alongside Trey Young, it's going to be a fun, uh, little front court to watch there. Yeah, you got front court, back court. I always mix those up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you got a, you got, you got John Collins, Trey Young, Hunter, and Red and Reddish. Yeah, this is this is gonna be interesting. Hoarder's Mm. there too. Yeah, I can't. I always forget about that guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, how about Portland here? Um, Drafting what's this guy's name? Nasir Little at number twenty five. Yeah, this was another one that was probably pretty searched on NBA draft day as well, just because they kept covering him, kept going to his depressed look on his face. It was really <laughs> awful to watch, honestly. Like, him and Bol Bol, like, I just hated watching them show these guys on camera because you're just watching their dreams just, like, be crushed right before their very eyes, and I never want to watch that. Um, yeah. Luckily for this guy, he still gets picked in the first round, goes tw- at 25 to Portland. Um, who this guy has been projected as a top 10 talent in a lot of scouting reports, but injuries plagued him during college. And he, he was honestly a guy coming off the bench playing behind uh, Cam Johnson, who was drafted number 11. Um, but the upside is really there for this kid. And Portland needed to take this risk right here because at 25, you're not going to get more upside than this guy. And yeah. they, they've needed this third option for a while. So if this guy can develop into something special for them, 
Like, it's worth the risk. Yeah, and I mean, a rookie deal, cheaper deal to make your playoff. Because, I mean, Portland's still scrapping for cash. Well, at least right. for one more year until they get some of these contracts off their Evan books. Turner. And Evan Turner. Oh. <laughs> God, I'll say it again. Portland just, like, completely was destined for the second round since they signed Evan Turner. Somehow they broke that and went to the Western Conference this year. But Right. Oh. Yeah, it's just showing them like how how much they have to struggle though to make it past the second round because they're so strapped with Evan Turner's contract they can't improve very much from what they have. Yeah, exactly. So good pickup for them there. How about this man's name right here, Sean? I'll give it to you. You pronounce this guy <laughs> who just who we classify as a winner here. Rui Hachimura from Gonzaga University, drafted number nine to Washington. And fun fact. This is the first Japanese-born player that will have played in the NBA. Interesting. And he goes number nine overall. I think that's pretty huge for Japanese NBA fans all over the place. Um, for the, yeah, the entire country really to break into the NBA like this with, in a big way as a top ten draft pick. Like that's pretty awesome. Right. So I think he's a big winner here. I wonder if Washington Wizard fans consider themselves a winner with this pick. I don't, there, there's I don't always know. <laughs> such skepticism among the uh, non-U.S. born players. Yeah, here, but going top but ten. He, I mean, it's not like he's a f- like fully Japanese, which I think there's a lot of like the honestly like partial racism comes from when it comes to, like European and Asian players. Yeah, we just always undervalue them. But I mean, Luka Doncic really proved everyone wrong last year uh, when he right. proved that he really should have been the number one pick. Um, but we'll we'll see what this guy can offer to Washington because they they desperately need some help. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So a big winner here, and I was really close to not knowing what angle to take here, <laughs> where the, where they call the Suns losers for this pick, or or ba- or ultimately we took the route, Sean, your route of calling Cam Johnson the winner yeah. here out of this outcome. <laughs> Cam Johnson getting drafted 11 to the Phoenix Suns, a guy who was originally on the fringes of being a top 20 pick. Um, this guy wasn't even invited to the main NBA green room because and no board really had him going um, top 15 or going into the lottery. So he was even invited here. And this is a, this is a dude. This is an interesting thing here. He will be 28 years old at the end of his rookie contract. He comes onto the Phoenix Suns roster a year older than Devin Booker. (laughs) So he'll be kind of a veteran around the the NBA locker room, as weird as it may be. That's kind of ridiculous. (laughs) Not that there's anything like, and I'm not like, like, I guess I don't know what the word would be, like ageism or something, an ageist or something. Like I have nothing against the age, but it's just really not typical for a lottery pick to be this far along in terms of age and development. So, right. And especially for a team like the Phoenix Suns, who basically have the time to develop somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is interesting. Like, maybe they just, I honestly think it's just a stupid pick. Like, I'm going to be <laughs> real, especially for Phoenix, because, like, they don't need an old rookie. They like, that don't. is not what they need. But props to this guy, man. Just, he won. Like, this yeah. guy won the draft. He got picked number 11. I don't know if you saw Kobe White's post-draft interview when they announced to him I that did. Cam Johnson, he was so excited for this man. <laughs> he, like, that's great to see, too, from teammates just being, like, so excited for each other. Um, yeah, this guy, man, Cam Johnson, number 11. Yeah, so, I mean, I pat both of those kids on the back. Like, good job. You did it. You know, like, yeah. go get your, you know, a bad decision from somebody is, is your win. The there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yes. Phoenix continuing to plummet. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think for Cam Johnson, it, more than anything, getting drafted number 11 versus, you know, getting top 20 is like the payday on that. Like, oh, that's like man. a couple million dollars more. Right, yeah. If you go from, yeah, mid-20s pick, you're making like two, two, three million. Now he's yeah. going to be making like six million dollars. That's <laughs> yeah. doubling his paycheck, man. That's insane. Right, just from going like top. So I think... If, if Bobo's, you know, like his unhappy face about going so late, I don't think maybe it has a little bit to do sort of with the dignity of being not being able to say you're you're a lottery pick. Right. But it's the payday, man. Like, oh, that's, that's a huge, huge. difference. Huge. Especially yeah, over man. four years. Like, <laughs> Bobo making like a, maybe a million. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's so sad. Right, exactly. But Camp Johnson, big winner here, man. Number eleven to the Suns. We'll, yeah, we'll see what happens. There, yeah, and if there's one other player that I think was a winner of this draft, 
It's University of Virginia's Kyle Guy. Drafted 55 to Sacramento. And there's no way this man <laughs> is drafted if Virginia did not win the national title. And he was such a big part of that national title winning team. This guy, his stock rose dramatically. Like, there's no way he would have gotten picked before. But there he is. He's drafted. He might get a roster spot on this Kings team. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. that's a huge win for this guy. Yeah, I like it. I like it again. Payday, man. He's he's getting paid. He's got a he's 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 on the roster at least for now. He'll get to play in the summer league. But more interesting yeah. that the Sacramento Kings chose Kyle Guy it reminds me of a lot when they chose Justin Jackson after he had won the NCAA title mm-hmm. with North Carolina. Maybe they had a good experience with yeah. him. I mean, they didn't or something. Keep, they didn't even keep him. I right? They, exactly. Didn't they trade him to Dallas for that Harrison Barnes trade. They <laughs> did, and yeah. I'm not. We'll see. I'm not sure if he'll make the. Dallas roster or we'll see what happens with him um but still i guess like there's always somewhere room for guys who just just catch uh, fire during guys. the tournament guys <laughs> <laughs> I, I just did see a pretty funny comment that um sacramento now has a buddy and a guy <laughs> oh i see what you're saying yeah <laughs> oh i did yeah i did not that pun not intended <laughs> from my side that's why you're giggling i was like why are you laughing at that oh name puns yeah so one small winner here that i decided to also call out is uh remember darius basley do you remember this kid at all i mean i did not until i did just remember just now that he was a guy that for went college to go overseas and that decreased his draft stock i think Right, it decreases drafts caught dramatically. Uh, I don't think he me- rarely anybody was mentioned, but Darius Baisley was a guy who did not go to college and instead took an internship for New Balance That's right. for like a million dollars, I think, and yeah. basically did computer work and and worked out with New and New Balance facilities. Um, so there was very little knowledge about this kid. Apparently, he wasn't very impressive in his combine workouts either. So there was talk that he might go undrafted or late second round, but he ended up just squeezing himself in there in the first round with the Thunder taking him at number 23. So I'm going to call him a winner because I think he got a little <laughs> bit lucky here uh, with yeah. the Thunder somehow really swinging for the fences with that number 23rd pick and picking him up. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, the Thunder also just need like another scoring punch off their bench. So they're willing to test it. With the intern here, yeah. Darius Baisley. <laughs> intern. I like that. That's his new nickname. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the Thunder, man, they're really hoping for a win with this guy. This is a swing for the fences pick, too, I feel. Because um, mm-hmm. you're going based purely off talent. We'll see what yeah. they can do as far as player development there. Right. So let's go over the losers. And we have only got a couple here, but we've already, they've been a thematic theme they're, here. Yeah, they're pretty but, obvious ones. <laughs> yeah, the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Why the Phoenix Suns? Like we alluded earlier. <laughs> you, 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 you call this <laughs> yeah, one out, Sean. This is tra- your bullet point. They traded TJ Warren for like a sandwich, <laughs> like a really nice sandwich, maybe some yeah. cash considerations. You might be able to upgrade from Subway to Jersey Mike's. Yeah, but, but God, man, it's so stupid. And then they trade down from six to eleven to get their guy Cam Johnson, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and you get Dario Saric on a one-year loan. Yeah, I don't get that either. Yeah, I see why Minnesota is happy that this actually went down because they got they got up there and they got another pick to add to their roster. Uh, they got rid of Dario Saric and the the sort of the impending thing that was coming up of whether or not they were going to extend this guy for a dude who probably is looking to get a payday. I mean, he he yeah. played really well when he was on the 76ers, uh, obviously pre Tobias Harris days, and he was frustrated there. He hardly getting any minutes playing behind Taj Gibson. Somehow Taj Gibson was still out there getting 35 minutes a night. <laughs> um, so, and I don't know if you're the Phoenix Suns, whether it's worth extending Dario Saric for for them. Yeah. But I mean, he'll probably get some good minutes on Phoenix. Yeah. So that, that's at least a plus for him. Uh, hopefully he can get himself a good contract next year. But as far as yeah. the Phoenix Suns as a whole, that's a big loss. Yeah, and then obviously uh, we talked about earlier trading up to twenty four to draft some guy that me and you never heard of, and putting Aaron <laughs> Baines on your roster to make your cap space situation even worse. Yeah, thirteen million basically at this point. You buy him out. You buy Aaron Baines out. You, you're looking at eighteen million. You're still lowballing some of the the more talented players. 
that are going to be out there in free agency. I mean, Max Players is completely out of the question. D'Angelo <laughs> Russell is completely out of the no question. No Max Players would even want to play in Phoenix with the way they're managing the team right now. Exactly. You had to just leverage the dollar bills as much as you could, and they kind of just got rid of that option. Ugh, <laughs> so bad. How about, about the Cavs the- here, Alan? Yeah. Let's go to another loser here, and this one's a little less obvious, but... On draft night, they draft who, I mean, is a very talented player, Darius Garland, at number five, but he's a point guard. And yeah. who is the only position on that team that they have already? A point guard. Yeah. That Ouch. doesn't make any sense. Can you make any sense of that? I mean, the only thing I can say is you take the best player available, and I think that's what they just did. Because I... I I feel like they're having trouble really figuring out what direction to take this team in. And th- it seems like they might just be in the mode of like, well, we got Kevin Love to help us sell tickets. Uh, we, <laughs> yeah, we, sure, that's, we that's have Tristan. <laughs> yeah, we got Tristan Thompson and, uh, J.R. Smith, uh, Jordan Clarkson because we have to. Because uh, we have to. Larry yeah. Nance, Jr. Yeah. Well, Larry Nance is still quality. I think he's on a he's okay deal. What? Yeah, but he's still like, an average player yeah he is so anyway so outside of like you know kevin love to sell tickets these guys because you have to have them there i think the next thing is just i think they just probably are like let's collect players until we find one that's that's gonna become a star or at least uh close to it yeah but you're not even putting this guy in like a position to be the best he can be like both him and sexton have to be starting point guards right can you play both these guys together (sighs) you can try you, you can, can try. try. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope I'm they not, know I, what they're doing with that. Yeah, I'm not defending the Cavaliers, but I'm trying to make sense of it. And it, by making trying to make sense of it, that's what I come to is they're in a, they're just in a mode to collect assets and see which one pans out. Basically, like Phil, like what the 76ers did with Jahil Okafor and Narlens Noel and Joel and B. Like they just kept collecting power forwards for 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 whatever reason. I know. It's, yeah. <laughs> And I guess it kind of worked out for them, but like at the end of the day, you got rid of half of them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you did yeah. yeah. Uh, and then on the on the other hand, at the end of the first round, they trade four future second round picks to get number thirty, which is basically a second round pick from the trade. They yeah. trade one. They trade for one second round pick. They trade four of them, and they <sighs> draft this guy Kevin Porter Jr., who is a guy known for his lack of discipline. And off-court issues. He was suspended indefinitely at USC last year for personal conduct issues. That's right. I was trying to remember where I knew this kid's name from, and that's what it was. Wow, I didn't even know this tra- this transaction went down. This yeah. is news to me. So Detroit, man, Detroit, Detroit really did a come up on this one. They, I mean, the Cavaliers. If you're talking about four future. Uh, second rounders from the Cavaliers. That's basically number thirty in a yeah. lot of situations. <laughs> you get four of them, and they end up drafting this guy who is honestly looks like he's going to be more of a locker room cancer than anything. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess you must have really liked something about him. But anyways, the Cavs just got rid of four opportunities to find the next Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, to draft what could possibly be the next like Matt Barnes, right? <laughs> Or uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, and then, and then we'll, this last, our last loser, uh, a sad one, really. It, it's Bull Bull, the most searched man on draft night. Yeah, <laughs> drafted forty four, seen as a top five talent uh, in twenty eighteen. Lots of injury durability concerns, but. He does go to the Denver Nuggets, who took on the Michael Porter Jr. rehab project last year, and that seems to be going pretty well so far. We'll yep. have to follow and see if Bulbul can do the same thing. We don't even know if Michael Porter Jr. is going to pan out yet, but if he does, I like Bulbul's chances too. Yeah, so I guess that's not too bad for him. I mean, he definitely got a massive pay cut from what he massive. thought he probably could have gotten back in January. Uh, but he's in Denver, and I think this is kind of a win for Denver in that they get this guy on the roster without necessarily having the pressure of needing somebody to help them out. Right. Uh, at least, like, just to be a legitimate winner in this league going to second round and beyond. Uh, so if he pans out and alongside Michael Porter Jr., you got, you got already the players they have. 
wow, that's going to be a hell of a super team. But yeah, building uh, it's with, a lot building of... with very uh, limited like assets too. Yeah, like to they me, didn't have to trade up or do anything really to get these guys. Exactly, it just falls on their lap. But I mean, if I'm Denver, I just got to think like I mean, twenty percent, thirty percent of our budget. It's got to go to our physical therapists, our trainers, yeah. <laughs> and uh, our research and development team to yes. figure out how to regenerate bones. Because <laughs> if they can do yeah. that, then, wow, what a team they'll yeah. have. They'll keep Paul Millsap until he's 50. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, yeah, they'll be contenders for the next 20 years. Yeah, exactly. But we'll see. Sucks for Bull Bull, but hey, man, you're still going to be a millionaire. You'll make more money than I'll make in like 10 years. So <laughs> yeah, congrats. Hey, go out and prove it, man. Go go out and get healthy. Dedicate yourself to the game, you know, yeah. and your next contract will be a lot bigger. Yeah, exactly. So final thought here, Sean, you wanted me to guess who won or to mention who won the rap yes. battle between Dame and Marvin Bagley. I listened to it before we started recording. I got to say, man, I was I was impressed with Marvin Bagley. I, I did not expect that. Mm-hmm. He had some good lines. He had some really goofy lines. And then he had some <laughs> like, just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like the goofy ones made me laugh. So I'll take that. Uh, the good ones were like, mm, that's pretty good. You know, but yeah. obviously I've heard better. Uh, the, the other ones were like, oh, what the hell was that? And, Honestly, this was a say, this was an easy one. Like Damian Leonard came out here that, that song, he sounded like the adult in the room. Like he was calm. His lines hit. His punch lines were, were smart. They were witty. Um, he sounded like a professional. Marvin Bagley on the other side, though, uh, just sounded like he had a too many energy drinks the night, (laughs) that an hour before that. (laughs) Yeah, I, I gotta agree, man. Dame time definitely won that one, but. I mean, Marvin Bagley's, he's what, 20 years old still? Yeah. He's, he's got to develop, man. He's, he's got to become more grown up like Dame. I like to see him go at it again in another few years. Um, that, but, that's true. Yeah, I mean, D- Damien, Damien does have some really good flow. Yeah, that's true. I just thought about that. Like, Marvin Bagley picked a fire with a 29-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, like, a man. grown man. <laughs> yeah, like, Damien Leonard's got a family, and Marvin yeah. Bagley's out here just still not even allowed to go in bars yet. I think it's funny how Max Kellerman was actually the one that was able to start this all on first take. Like really? Max Kellerman, yeah, because he's the one that was like, he he brought up um, how Marvin Bagley raps as a hobby, and he's like, do you think you could beat Damian Lillard? He like instigated it, and Marvin Bagley's <laughs> like, yeah, I could I could take him, and that that's what started the wow. whole Twitter feud, and that that's what got everything going. So. Yeah, good job, Max Kellerman. I guess for once. In your Max life. Kellerman, man. Yeah, <laughs> for once. Wow, what what for a once, take. Yeah. What a what a start. Yeah. All right. Well, that's everything we got for today to recap the NBA draft. But free agency is about to start. I'm so excited one about this. When we got away. One, one week. week. So we'll see what goes down and we'll see what rumors start swirling around. And you know we're going to break it all down here on the Second Stringers NBA podcast. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe and tune in week in, week out. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everybody.